Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we amplify the voices of women whose stories are moving and meaningful. I am so excited to introduce to you a new friend in my life. Her name is April Hurst. April, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. It's a pleasure to be here. You bet, you bet. So folks, what you can't see is April has this big smile on her face. She, I mean, her, her face is telling a story right now that, you know, the COVID crisis is not impacting her. No way. She is positive and living in gratitude. And we love to have guests on like that. So I'm super happy to have you here to tell a little bit about yourself to my audience. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, get an opportunity just to hopefully inspire and uplift, you know, someone who may be listening today. Uh, but my background is actually in the advertising and marketing field. I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, moved away a couple of times um, post-college, went to uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Then I lived in Chicago for about five and a half years, which I loved. It's like my favorite city in the U.S. probably. Um, but, you know, working in the media and advertising industry, you know, I made a great living um, in my career, but I also got to the point where I sort of began to detest Sunday nights because of what I knew I was going to have to face <laughs> Monday mornings. And um, I really just felt trapped in my career. And, uh, you know, no one ever told me what I was going to have to give up to make it to the top. You know, they didn't tell me it was going to require my left kidney and my firstborn in the process. So, um, and I wasn't willing, honestly, to give up my sanity or my integrity for the sake of a dollar. So I was really just looking for something that was going to give me more meaning and more purpose in my life. And ultimately, um, I was able to find that a few years uh, ago, and everything began to really shift and change when I started really focusing on my dreams, my goals, and what I really wanted to accomplish and serve the world. And that's really what my mission is now. So I'm excited. Well, I'm super excited and the way you tell your story is very compelling. And by the way, Chicago is my number two favorite city in the nation. Um, but I would love to know more about your proudest professional accomplishment. What is your mission? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, definitely. So now what I'm doing is I uh, run a business under the name of Great Lives Work. And so Great Lives Work is focused on helping really anyone, but my focus is women. Um, helping them to achieve their highest good is how I like to articulate it. I believe every single person on the planet has the ability to offer gifts and they call them gifts because they're not for us. We're supposed to give them to other people. So our job is to cultivate those gifts and so that we can give them, you know, to the people in the world that they would best serve. And so that's what I'm really passionate about. So I am doing some consulting work there. And then I also am a vice president with a company called Ladies of Justice by Legal Shield and ID Shield, which is a, the women's division. Um, and there we're helping women to uh, elevate and to, and to live in, in what we call the world of and not or, because women often feel that they have to choose between a career or their family, choose between their business or going on vacation. <laughs> and we don't want women to have to live in the world of or. We want them to live in the world of 
and. Uh, and so that's what I'm really focused on right now is just shifting the mindset of women and realizing that they can have it all. They absolutely can. You just have to get your priorities in alignment. And so my greatest- I, I, I wanna say, I love that you can embrace and and let go of or. That yes. is so powerful. And I, I want to ask you, do you think it's our, uh, oftentimes women have self-limiting beliefs. Do you think that's what maybe uh, we're holding ourselves back, right? We are. We are, Susan. Um, I, we're holding ourselves back. And I just think a lot of it too is giving ourselves permission. A lot of this is societal, right? Because there are roles that society says that we're supposed to play, but I believe that we have to we have to redefine that and what that means for ourselves. The way my husband and I um, are kind of like a yin and yang, you know, I'm kind of this more this type A Aries fire sign, and he's <laughs> very laid back, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of fun. But but we have redefined what it means to be entrepreneurs, right? So, um, you know, he does, um, you know, a fair amount of things that a lot of people would define as, oh, well, that's kind of what the women are supposed to do. But we have determined what's going to make that work for us and for our lives. And so that's really what, what I believe women need to do. They need to define that for themselves. And I know you asked about my greatest you know professional accomplishment and i can honestly say up until now it's a, it's a tough first first and second but i would probably say the first is to be the youngest female vice president within my company and in, in 49 year history um and that's a huge deal because we were mostly a um male white male dominated let's just say it like this. yeah <laughs> mostly white male dominated and so our new ceo was very passionate about diversity and making sure that we were really giving women a voice and a place within the organization and, and i'm excited to carry that torch so that other women can follow boy did they pick the right person i will tell you that you know when i interview um c-suites it's usually white men and i'll ask them about their succession plan and it's always someone they've groomed or, or that they've known already. And it's a white younger them, right? It's a younger white guy just looks like them, went to the same college or followed the same career path or has been at the company. And I'll challenge him and say, would you ever consider, how about a black female for that position? Why, you know, have you ever entertained the thought of someone who doesn't look or sound or act like you or didn't go to your school? And they never even, I mean, I'm not slamming them. I'm just saying it's never even occurred. Like they're just in that bubble. Like the, yeah. the, yeah. So I love that your company did that and that you are bringing, you know, progression and new ideas and new innovations to the table just by the fact that you're not another white male. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Diversity impacts the bot. It's not just the right thing to do or a good thing to do. And it is all that. But it also impacts the bottom line positively because you have diverse and new, unique life stories and experiences and uh, perspectives that come to the table. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, why don't you do this? You're very inspirational to me, as you know. Um, when we talked the first time, I usually try not to get to know my guests, but I couldn't help it. Like I was like, I think we were on the phone for over an hour. And I <laughs> literally were. tell my guests, no, I don't want to talk to you today because I want to get to know you on the show. I don't want to, you know, 
because I want to be surprised, Remy, but I couldn't help it. You were very compelling and very, your story is great. What you do, the way you tell it. Oh my God. So moving. I couldn't help it. So I want to ask, did someone else inspire you the way you have inspired me? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. And first of all, thank you so much, Susan, for, for sharing that. Like, as I mentioned to you before, you're like my sister from another mister. So I, uh, <laughs> I was just so overjoyed for us to get connected. But there, there is. There is a woman that I actually had the opportunity to meet about, gosh, 12, maybe 11, 12 years ago, almost 12 years ago now. And her name is Lorna Rasmussen. And she was um, a, a, a top executive with our company doing incredibly well um and she created this really powerful world of and for her business and what i loved about what she did is she was very focused on helping women and when she first you know got started with our company she looked around and said you know what i don't see a whole lot of women here and a girlfriend of hers who worked in a completely different industry said well lorna it looks like you're going to be that woman. <laughs> and so she was. And so she really um, kind of paved a way, you know, for, for many of us. And I can't tell you how many conversations I had with her. Uh, just we call them femp tours in our company, not company, not mentors, but femp tours. And so, I love yes, yes. So she's been a great femme tour to me to help me. Uh, just navigate, you know, different challenges, a few murky waters, uh, but also just how to really, um, you know, build relationships with inside and outside our organization, how to build a brand. She's a published author, um, you know, she produced movies, and now she builds her business globally from Costa Rica. Now, who wouldn't want to be living in paradise in Costa Rica with her husband who is retired and be able to, um, you know, just enjoy that type of lifestyle, but still be building a multiple, you know, six figure business from your, you know, backyard, which is just a tropical paradise. And so, I look at her as someone that is living in that world of and, um, and she's doing purposeful work. She's doing business consulting, mostly with women business owners. And she has just been such an inspiration to me over the years. And I just, I, I love surrounding myself with, with women like that who are really looking to put their hand back and bring others along. And she was that woman in my life. I love that. I love this. So goals right there, goals. Um, those are goals. Be able to work virtually from anywhere in the world, be able to yeah. balance and incorporate some, um, you know, self-care into your daily work life as well. Uh, be able to understand that you can, like you said, have it, it all, work yes. and family, you know, a, a decent, healthy way of life um, and still good pay, right? So Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I'd love to meet her someday. So um, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned a lot of things and, and you're very lucky and I'm sure it hasn't always been this way, but a lot of women, I mean, yesterday we celebrated International Women's Day. I sent out mm -hmm. a big email campaign about that. And I, I mentioned five ways that women can help one another. What is a way that you think women can support other women in business? 
absolutely. I think one of the primary ways is connections. Everybody knows somebody that someone else should know. And I heard John C. Maxwell say this once. I saw him at a convention um, probably about three years ago. And he has a list of like nine to 10 questions that he asks everyone that he gets a chance to to meet with one-on-one, whether they be, you know, dignitaries of other countries or heads of state or, uh, you know, top CEOs. And a question he, he said he always asked is, who do you know that I should know? And I think as women, we have to be more intentional about that. Uh, and sometimes it's just a matter of opening up a door. And I know we had conversations around that, you know, Susan, on how, you know, we can uh, be supporting one another and how we can be, be supporting the other women in our lives. So that's a big one is just be a connector, right? Open, if you can open a door for someone else, that can just take them to an entirely new level, right? So that's that's a big one. And the other one that I would say is just praise. Yeah. <laughs> simple yeah. praise, simple praise. Because sometimes, especially if you're leading from the front as a woman, oftentimes people just, they may or may, or may not always be supporting her, right? And just simple praise of saying, oh my gosh, I just love what you're doing keep doing what you're doing, keep shining. Uh, and I think that's that's such a simple thing for us all to do just to edify and support them is a huge deal because we can't assume it's like a beautiful woman never gets compliments. Well, why doesn't she? Because everybody, she, everyone assumes that she's already always getting told she's beautiful, but oftentimes she's not, right? right? <laughs> and so for us to just be able to do that for each other is so incredibly powerful. And you know, there's a woman, Susan, that I, I really uh, began to learn a lot of that from. She's a good friend of mine here in Cincinnati. Her name is Sonia Jackson Miles, and she has an entire company built around this called the Sister Accord. And she has a book called 51 Ways to Love Your Sister. And it's 50. Oh, I love ways. that. Yes. Yes. I'll have to introduce you to her too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 51 ways to love your sister. And it's a book. That's just all the different things that you can do to love on your, on, on your sisters. And I, and I just think those are things that we all need to be more intentional about. You know, I have to tell you, there's so much you just hit on that I'm jaw dropped about. A lot of women do exactly the opposite because they live in fear and because mm -hmm. they operate instead of out of love, they operate out of fear. Now, they may not recognize that that's what's happening, but mm -hmm. in this lifetime, that's the only choice you have is to operate out of love or fear, no matter what the situation, whether it's business or personal with your children or with your spouse or with your boss, uh, in that moment, you can operate out of love or fear. And oftentimes women will think something but not say it or mm -hmm. purposely say the opposite just to compete and i just you know any woman who lives what you live and who knows people who wrote books about how to live what you live mm -hmm. i want to be in that circle i love those women yes. and that's what i'm all about like if if we don't stop this you know cut the crap ladies really um yes. we need to really really start to collaborate i i connect people all the time with no ulterior motive and, yeah. and because of that people refer others to me and refer mm -hmm. work to me and 
Mm-hmm. Um, you are so right when you say sister from another minister. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let and me you know, ask you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to share one other thing on that. You know, I think it's fear and it's also kind of baked in that yeah. is a lack mentality. Yeah. Right? Scarcity. So yeah. A lot. Yes. Lack and scarcity mentality. Like, well, if she has that, then I can't have that. And what right. people don't really understand, I speak to this in my book, which is going to be released in less than 60 days. And in my book, I have a chapter on this. And it's really about women understanding that we don't live in a world where there's like one queen bee. That's right. in beehives, right? Right. <laughs> but- We don't live in beehives. We live in a world of abundance. Everything around us and the way the entire universe was created is in pure abundance. Everything is in abundance. Just look out your window, right? Walk out the front door and you will see nothing but abundance. And so it's just understanding that, you know, there can be multiple top brand, brand content creators. There can be millions of people that are best-selling authors. I mean, there is no lack in anything in the universe. And I think as women, if we can just understand that, that we don't compete, but we are, but we complete each oh, other. I love that. We don't compete, we complete, right? And if we can really begin to embrace that mindset, that's gonna change everything for all of us. You know, you're so remarkable. I have to remember to put your, um, can I pre-order your book? You will be able to pre-order my book in less than seven days. Awesome. Make sure you send me an email because I want to, I will. I also want to put the cover of the book and a link to buy in the podcast blog that I write about you. So that's awesome. Well, thank you. You're awesome. You're awesome. Well, I know that um, those of us who do operate out of love and abundance, you know, recognize there have been times when it's not always been easy, um, mm-hmm. but it's how you react to those challenges or how you choose to move forward or not. You can get stuck in it and stay in it. Um, yeah. I always say pain is not a choice, but suffering is. Yes. Uh, so I wonder, have you had a setback or challenge that you had to overcome and how? Oh my gosh. I'm going to tell this story at a very big event here in about three weeks. And it's really the first time I've told it. So I'm going to give y'all a sneak peek today. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so how I met my husband, I met my husband actually in my company and uh, we were just business colleagues dating but we both went through a really challenging time between basically coming out of the recession. So we're talking about 0809 through about 2012. You know, Jim Rohn, who's someone that I have studied over the years, he's no longer here, but he wrote a lot of, you know, New York Times bestselling books and um, is a personal development czar, right? And Jim Rohn used to say that, uh, you know, there are seasons of preparation that we often go through. We have lean years before before we oftentimes have our abundant years. And that 2010 through 29, I would say, 2009 through 2012 were some lean times for me and my husband. He had gone through a very bad divorce. 
I had gotten laid off. My company basically went out of business. I had four pay cuts in 18 months um, in, in my industry. And I, to be very honest with you, Susan, I lost everything in that three year time period. Um, and I needed to like make money like now. And so I remember uh, talking to Rob, my husband, I said, man, what else do you do to like, like what else you got going on financially? And he said, uh, I actually work for the local newspaper. I said, you, you do? He said, yeah. He's like, I'm a district manager there. And I was like, do you mind if I come join you at work one, one time? He said, April, I go into work at three o'clock in the morning. And I said, that's okay. I'll, I'll come. <laughs> and so I literally got up at 2.30 in the morning, met him at work at 3 a.m. And my husband taught me how to throw a paper route. Wow. And I threw a paper route from December 25th for six months, seven days a week, um, from 3 a.m. till 7 a.m. for six months. And I'm tearing up, this is very powerful. And as you can imagine, at 3 a.m., there's nobody up except the people that are doing what you're doing. So my husband and I, he was, you know, doing his work. I was out doing my work. And for six months, the only person we talked to between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. was each other. And that is actually how we fell in love was on a paper route. Yeah, that shared life experience. That shared life experience. And that is what actually brought us together. And we made a decision at the end of those six months that we were going to get married. We were going to um, start to build our empire together. And that's what we chose to do. So, you know, fast forward today, uh, we tithe more in a month than what we used to be able to do in an entire year. And wow. 2020 was our best year ever. We tripled our income in the pandemic. And so I just, I, I'm sharing that story now because I believe that it's important that where you start doesn't define you. Yes. And we all will have seasons in our lives that may be a little more lean or challenging. But as one of my mentors, Frank Coyne says, he says, all positions in life are temporary. May that be uh, a warning to the rich and hope for the poor. Oh, I if, love that. I always remember that if someone is having a challenging time, I tell them, look, this is just temporary. Okay. Um, you, it's one thing to be uh, broken. It's another thing to have a broke mindset. Yes. And yes. we always had an abundant mindset. We always had a wealth mindset. We just needed to get really laser focused on our goals and the strategy that we were going to implement to get there. And over the next seven years, we built a monster business, uh, you know, now vice presidents within the company and our top trainers and launching a book and, and really building the life that we always knew we were capable of, but that didn't mean that we weren't going to have to experience some challenges on that journey. So I just wanted to share that because I think I it's think important that people know that it's not always peaches and cream. Right. Uh, first of all, great band right there. But 
second of all, I love that you are um, sharing your vulnerabilities and it helps people to connect with you and relate with you and understand that, look, it's not always the golden road, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, you were, um, I don't know, I was just thinking, you know, the paper route to love, you know, yeah. like how you, you took something tough and made it great. Like, yeah. you know, a diamond out of a piece of coal, right? So yeah. exactly. it's not always easy. I remember those tough times that, that period after the crash, um, I'm a little older than you, but yeah, we all hurt after that. It was, mm -hmm. it was really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that kind of helped us prepare for COVID, right? It I mean, did. the challenges here, we, we are pivoting, we're digital, we are virtual, we are making it happen. And that comes from the mindset of abundance. And like you said, not living out of scarcity, but out of abundance. Um, yes, so yeah, absolutely. what a great living example you are. So let me ask you, um, is there a surprising fact about you that maybe your husband or friends uh, don't know, or, or maybe they know, but not your second set, you know, your next set in your circle? Right, right. Well, I would say, um, but the story that I just told you, a lot of people don't know. <laughs> That's but... what's amazing at this. Is this a conference you're going to or, or where you're speaking? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. I'm powerful. Good. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be really great. And I, I have another uh, speaking engagement coming up in the middle of April, and that's going to be down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm going to be sharing that as well. A seminar I'm doing on women and money. But um, what a lot of people may not know about me is that there were two things that I always thought I was going to do in life. Number one, I thought I was going to be a Broadway dancer. And number two, <laughs> If, if Broadway dancer didn't work out, I was going to be a Supreme Court justice. Okay? Wow. And so this is what I find fascinating. I talk about this in, in, in my book. What I find fascinating is that what I'm doing now uniquely merges those two things. So even though I'm not a Supreme Court justice, I am an advocate for what I call the little guy or the little girl, giving people the ability to access justice uh, every single day at an affordable rate. Um, that is what I do. That's my, that's my work. And then the other thing is, even though I'm not a Broadway dancer, I've always enjoyed being on stage. I've never had, you know, stage fright. I always have anxiety and nerves as everyone does before they walk onto a stage, but I've never been afraid to be on stage in front of a large group of people. And so now with what I do, I'm on stages and have been really for like the last six to seven years all over the country talking to entrepreneurs and business owners and women's groups and so i find it interesting that i'm now uh merging those two worlds just in a different way but still being able to fulfill my passion of justice and being able to be on stages and to motivate and inspire people to live their highest good. So I think that's kind of cool. I think that's very cool. And I'm gonna put you on stage at one of my annual events. Um, you're remarkable. Bless your heart. Yeah, so folks, you can't see her, but I have her on video. And this, this recording is audio only for your purposes, but for mm -hmm. mine, she's on video. When she tells the story, she uses her hand, she smiles, she looks around as if there is an audience. It's just amazing, compelling. It sucks me right in. And I would <laughs> love to get you on stage at one of my events. So 
Um, you mark that down. We will continue these conversations. Um, my next year is booked fully in Chicago. You should come as an attendee and check it out. Um, the one after that is in Philadelphia. Okay. And then I think after that, we're heading back to the West Coast, but um, okay. you would be a remarkable addition to the roster and I would welcome that um, for sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Susan. Well, I know we didn't talk a lot about Legal Shield, um, mm -hmm. but I want to put that in the blog and a link to the website because I sure. know about it. And I think what y'all do is amazing and incredible. Yeah. And you're really level setting you're you're democratizing the process yes. and you're giving voice to so yes. if you want to talk about that for like you know a few minutes yeah before we tell people how they can reach you go ahead absolutely so yeah i'm so passionate about what we do at, at legal shield and and i love the word you use because i use that word often is we've democratized the legal system and if the best other example i can think of of that is what milton hershey did a lot of people don't know that prior to Milton Hershey, chocolate was, you know, this very exclusive thing that only really the rich and the wealthy had access to really good chocolate, you know, um, from France and from overseas. Those were the big chocolatiers were, were overseas. And so if you lived in the U.S., you didn't really get a chance to have chocolate. So Milton Hershey didn't agree with that. He said, I think everybody should be able to indulge in this amazing thing called chocolate. And so that's what he did. His passion was to democratize the chocolate industry. And now, you know, you can buy a chocolate bar for 75 cents at the store and it's really good chocolate. And so God that- bless Milton Hershey. <laughs> Oh my gosh, my husband would tell you if there's a dessert on the menu out of everything, April's going to have the one with chocolate. It's just the way it is, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm really passionate about, about the work that we do. We believe at Legal Shield that everybody should have access to justice, regardless of personal wealth, regardless of orientation, race, gender, everybody should have the access, right? You know, the steps of the Supreme Court say equal justice under law, but unfortunately for most of us, you only get as much justice as you can afford. And so we believe that everybody should have access to that. So we work in a variety of different sectors with individuals and families. We work with small business owners. We even offer our legal services as a voluntary employee benefit to 47,000 companies in the US and Canada. And so that's, that's, that's our work. We believe in just providing equal access to the justice system for every man, woman, and child in this country. And we're on a mission to do that. You know, we've been doing that for 49 years. Actually, we were the first company in the U.S. to even offer that type of model um, here in the U.S. And um, we're excited about the progress that we've made, especially over the last year when People, individuals, and small business owners need act needed access to legal help more in 2020 than probably ever before. Yeah. And that is what caused, honestly, a lot of our growth in our business. So uh, people, we always say people need uh, legal help in two dimes, when times are good and when times are bad. Right. And so 2020 just happened to be one of those, you know, not as good times. And so we were able to really provide a lot of value to our communities, which we're very, very grateful for. Well, I am a huge believer in what you do uh, personally and professionally. You're just a really remarkable woman. I feel blessed to have you in my network and I am going to write all about you and your book and your work uh, and your talk and the fact that we can live 
from a place of and and not or. I just love that phrase and I'll I'll borrow it if you don't mind. Hey, you could have it. <laughs> absolutely great. Absolutely great. Well, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Yes, absolutely. So um, you can actually go to Great Lives Work, which is my uh, website, greatliveswork.com. You can actually subscribe there right now. So we're doing a separate subscription for the launch of the book, but people can subscribe right now to my mailing list on greatliveswork.com and they'll get communication about the book release. I'm in final editing. I get, I, I get uh, to um, got to give all my editor all of my edits back by the end of today today actually so that's my big project this afternoon but um, we do plan to have that released by no later than the first or second week of May so we're really looking forward to that but greatlivesworkcom has all of my contact information and that's how folks can get in touch with me and get the release information of the book totally awesome totally awesome this has been so great um, I'm going to go sign up. I have not signed up at Great Lives Work, so I will do that. You're so terrific, but you know how I feel about you already. But thank you so much for sharing yourself with my network and my listeners. Um, we have more conversations to be had, but today you go, you go get on those edits. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much for being here. You're awesome. Thank you so much, Susan. Appreciate you and all of your listeners. We look forward to uh, adding more value in the future. You bet. You bet.